You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. What does it mean to help those whose convictions are different from ours? Find out on this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. Alright, we are continuing with our series entitled Authentic. Everybody say authentic. Authentic meaning real. Authentic meaning genuine. Or pagkasay ko ang wallet mo, genuine. Ganun. Yung mga bata hindi na alam yun, okay? But I believe that God is expecting His people to be authentic in their walk with the Lord. We are journeying through the book of Romans. Not romance or love, but romance. Book of Romance is the uh, sixth book of the Bible, uh, right after the book of Acts. This is considered to be the magnum opus of the Apostle Paul. Among his writing, this is probably one of the most significant writings of the Apostle Paul because this talks about the gospel. If you will just do a quick survey on the book of Romans, the first three chapters deals with the depravity of man. Basically talking about the sinful nature of man that, you know, uh, before we were walking with the Lord, that we were all sinful. How many of you would agree with me on that? Okay. That we were all not good. How many of you would agree with me on that? Look at the person beside you. Okay. Yeah. Not good though, yan. Okay. Okay. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, no one is good. Not even one. But that was, you know, the state that we were in before Jesus stepped into our life. Amen. But how many of you know that the gospel has a transforming power to change lives? Amen. He who was not good will suddenly become good. Now turn to the person beside you and tell that person, you are a saint. You are a saint. From a sinner to a saint, from a not good to now, good. Not because of the things that we do, we are holy, we are righteous. Not because of what you have done this morning, what you, what you, whether you've read your Bible five chapters, or maybe you've prayed five hours, or you attended all the services from 9, 11, 1, 3, and 5, and later on at 7. Committed ka talaga. It's not because of that, right? But because of, the, because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. Amen. Romans chapter 4 to about chapter 11 talks about the beauty of the gospel. It talks about the gospel and the, the mercy and the grace and the compassion of God for, for us. And how so much grace has been given to us despite the sinfulness of man. That's why our response ought to be that in view of God's mercy, we need to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to Him, which is our spiritual act of worship. And this is found in Romans chapter 12. Now, the remaining chapters is what we're dealing with with this series. Now that we are saved, can the people from the world validate the authenticity of our faith? Now that you're saying you're a Christian or you're a believer, maybe in your school or maybe in your office or maybe in your neighborhood or maybe in your own family or household, now that we are saved, can people see the reality, the authenticity, and the genuineness of your faith with God? Basically, two weeks ago, we talked about uh, uh, submitting ourselves to the authority. And how many of you know that the government is an institution that was given to us by God? There is no institution that has been established except that which has established. I believe that our response to every authority in our life, whether it's a civil authority, 
whether it's a church authority, whether it's a uh, company authority, or whether it's a family authority, we need to submit ourselves to the authority that God has placed over us. Amen. And how many of you enjoy authority if you are the one in authority? If you are the one on top, how many of you enjoy that? Of course. You're the one in authority. You're the one giving the command or you're the one giving the rules. You're the one, you know, basically uh, overseeing people. That's nice. But the moment you become under the authority of someone, things change. But yeah, the Bible says that God was the one who gave us the authority in our lives. Last week, uh, Pastor Ryan basically was the one who preached. Last week, he talked about uh, loving your neighbor. Okay? Let no debt remain outstanding except the debt of what? Of love. Loving one another. Turn to the person beside you and tell that person, I love you. <laughs> Pag single kay para pagkakataon mo na to. Love ya. Dagdagan mo na lang with the love of the Lord. Parang gano'n. We, we, we ought to love each other. Loving our neighbor unconditionally. And today, we're actually going to look at another application of the word in Romans chapter 14, wherein we need to be helpful to those who are weak in their, consider their, their walk with the Lord. What does it mean for us to be strong in faith? And what does it mean for people to be weak in faith in accordance to the scripture in Romans chapter 14. So I'd like to invite everyone to please stand with me. We're going to be reading from the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 1 to 9. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything. Everybody say, eat anything. That's probably you, okay. While the weak person eats only vegetables. We'll make a comment on that later on. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another while another esteems all day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. Do you see the difference? Whatever it is that you do, as long as you do it in the honor of God, that is actually acceptable. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for our time this afternoon. We ask that you would give us your Spirit of wisdom and revelation, illuminate your word, God. We thank you that we will live out practically your word as we have been touched by the gospel, as if we have been changed by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ from the inside out. Help us to daily walk out this word in our lives. We thank you, Lord God, that you will bless your people as we listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, 
Amen. You may all be seated. Authentic. How many of us like authentic things? Or would you rather buy the fake things? We like people who are authentic. People who are genuine, right? People who are real. How many of you like people who are real to you? How many of you like friends that are real and authentic? Ayaw mo ng plastic. Diba? We want people who are real. We want people of integrity. And basically, a person's belief will drive his behavior. And that's what we're talking about today. The Apostle Paul was trying to address the sincerity of uh, you know, each one's faith in, their, in relation to their walk with God and how they relate with one another. Part of us loving each other is that we will be conscious on how we will help one another and not cause a stumbling block you know, for each other. You know, I, I realize that the church is a very diverse organism. I want to call it organism because our, the, the church is alive. It's a living organism. How many of you know that the church is alive? Okay? Tap the person beside you and say, tell the person, you are alive. Okay? Sabi sa kanya, buhay ka pa. Okay? Wala ka pa. Ka, wala, hindi ka pa uh, anyway. Okay? Buhay pa tayo, di ba? And that's the church. The church is not this building. It's not this venue where, where we're meeting. You know, sometimes we uh, are not conscious about saying, you know, I will go to church in Festival Mall. But the reality is the church goes to the place in Festival Mall, isn't it? You don't go to church because you are the church. You are the church. We are the church. But yet, if you look at the church, the church can be diverse. We are different from each other. There is a uniqueness that we have as individuals. How many of you are thankful to the Lord for that? That you are unique. There's no one like you. You are unique just like everybody else. Anyway, we are unique and you're different. And that's why we actually thank the Lord for that. I thank God that I don't have a nose the same as Pastor Ryan. Magkaiba kami. I thank God for your hair, brother. <laughs> the Bible says the Lord counts the number of hairs on our head. Anyway. But we're kind of different. We're different from one another. We have different backgrounds, different giftings, different talents. Maybe the way you express yourself is different. The Apostle Paul was writing about this in the book of Corinthians, and he was reminding about divisions in the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 18, it says, For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And that is not a healthy sign. And I believe in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. This is not encouraging division or promoting division in the church, but this is merely showing a reality in the first century church. If that was true in the church then, somehow that is still true in the church now, that there are somehow still a little bit of factions and divisions. But how many of you know that Jesus is coming back only for one church, not multiple churches and denominations? 
It's not about the brand Victory or CCF or JIL, but I believe that when Jesus returns, the brand or the name of the churches will no longer be there. Amen. We're all going to be one and the same, different parts, yet one body. Amen. Some of us may actually represent the feet. Some of you may actually represent the hand. Some of us may represent the eye. But I believe that if we are together, what beautiful body that will form. So he was talking about, you know, be careful that there will be divisions in the church. Because some people are, you know, who are seemingly strong in the faith use their strength or freedom to do whatever they want to do. And sometimes that causes people to stumble. But we celebrate people who are different. You know, what if? You don't speak in tongues and the others are speaking in tongues. How many of you have a tongue? Literally. All of us, right? But yet, you know, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Maybe some people who are, you know, not having that revelation, that the revelation is available for them. Some groups would say that the gifts have already ceased or, you know, stopped when the last apostle died. But yet, there are some who are saying, no, that the gifts are actually still here. And we're still practicing the gift of the Holy Spirit. But no matter what difference the belief is, I believe that, you know, these are kind of basic difference in some doctrines. But, I, you know, this definitely is not as essential as the gospel itself. You know, there might be a difference, for example, in the practice of tongues. Maybe if you are speaking in tongues, you know, maybe some of you are young in the faith and you can actually say, hura. Hura, hura, hura. Ilang. Maybe you're walking, you know, a little bit longer and now you're saying, hura ba, hura ba. Or maybe you're, you know, walking a, lo- a little bit longer, hukara baraba. You know, medyo diverse ng konti. Okay? But in essentials, you know, according to St. Augustine, we need to Practice unity. Everybody say unity. We need to be one in the essential doctrines, which is the gospel itself. When you talk about Jesus Christ as Lord, that is a non-negotiable. You know, if a, a church would otherwise preach anything aside from that, that is a dangerous belief. Are we getting it? You know, the gospel is a beautiful thing. The Bible says... You know, it is a free gift for us. And I hope that we have a basic understanding and mastery of the gospel. The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ, you know, that God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived. He died the death we should have died in our place. Three days later, He rose again from the dead, proving that He is the Son of God. And He's offering forgiveness of sins to those who repent, and believe in Him. What a beautiful promise. Amen. How many of you know that you can never add, add to the gospel? You can never add to the salvation that only is available through Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of us are saved by faith and by grace? Please raise your hand. We are never saved by good works. The moment you hear anyone on the pulpit from victory talking about, you know what? You can actually be saved by coming to church every day and by giving more in the offering. 
The moment you hear a twisted gospel like that, it's time to look for another church. But in the essence of faith, we need to be united. Amen. You know, we belong to the, like a gathering of pastors in the south. It's called Lampara. Lampara stands for Las Piñas, Muntinlupa, and Paranaque. It's about 150 plus different uh, churches of which Victoria Labang is a uh, part of. And we encourage them to come. From, in fact, every uh, Christmas time, we, we sponsor the Christmas party of, of the different pastors from different churches in the south. And we celebrate differences. You know, some of them would, uh, you know, wear barong on Sunday. And that's fine. How I many of you know that in terms of non-essential, there should be liberty. Okay? You know, it's not about how you dress. You know, maybe some of you are wondering why the pastors of Victor are always wearing, wearing jeans. Kasi authentic eh, di ba? Kailangan jeans tayo ngayon, di ba? But for a while, we were wearing ties and long sleeves. You know, when I got saved in the 80s, I was an 18-year-old college student, and when I first started coming to church, I noticed that the ushers are always wearing long sleeves and tie. And I said, baka ito ang standard. So I started wearing long sleeves and tie as a college boy. Can you imagine coming to church? Wearing a tie? I didn't realize that the first missionaries that came to Manila were actually American missionaries. And their expression of worship on Sundays, if you go to the States, you know, when I visited Nashville uh, last year, you know, when I visited the church, it's kind of formal. You know, you wear a coat or a long sleeves on Sunday, sometimes a tie. But how many of you know, because that's, it's cold there. But here in Manila, we have only three climates, right? Hot, hotter, and hottest. <laughs> Today happened to be the hottest. And so if you wear a tie on a Sunday, I mean, you look non-relevant. And if you want to reach to the young people, how many of you know that you can't really reach to the young people if you always wear a tie? Or a barong. Dapat yung mga pastor ng Victoria, nakabarong, mas lalo na yun. Gusto nyo ba kami nakabarong? Bagay naman kay Pastor San yun. Okay? Pagbabarong yun lang sa Pastor San. I mean, can we judge people by the way they dress? You know, who's coming to church? You know, if people are coming to church with earrings, okay, let me touch on that a little bit. Earrings, nose ring, every kind of ring. You know, stuck to your body, you know. Do we judge people like that? You know, we received one comment one time, I think from a social media, and, and it says there, you know, victory is a worldly church. And we clarified, what do we mean by worldly church? Because there's a lot of worldly people attending your church. I said, praise God. Why is that? Because that means that we are reaching out lost people. And we know that when they come to church as worldly, they will come out of the church godly. Amen. Because that's the very heart of God. We want to welcome people. And this is the ABCs of walking with one another. Accept one another. Everybody say, accept one another. You know, we accept people from different walks of life. You know, you may have a difference in worship style. 
You know, we don't judge people if you don't clap your hand during worship. Maybe you're just worshiping like that. That's fine. Don't judge the person beside you. Ganun lang. Okay lang yan. Cool lang siya. May iba naman talaga. I mean, if, if there's a person like that, you give him space. You stay in front, brother. This place is for you. But we will not judge people. We welcome them. We accept people like that. Pagod ako dun. In the area of clothing, as I said earlier, is there a victory standard of clothing? As long as you're dressed modestly in the church, that's perfectly fine. As long as what you're wearing is not confusing to people, that's perfectly fine. Because sometimes you don't know what you're wearing if it's a short skirt or a big belt. You know? We need to measure. As long as it's modest, that's fine. As long as it will not cause other people to stumble. And the focus is on the Lord. Not on you. Because sometimes it can be so distracting, right? Ang mata! Verse 1, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. We need to have a warm, welcoming, friendly atmosphere in the church. But not to quarrel over opinions. Let's not quarrel over opinions that do not matter. With the essentials of the faith, we will fight for that. We will fight for the gospel. We will fight that Jesus is Lord. There's no one that can actually be saved, you know, aside, apart from Him. Under Him. Or, yun nga. There's no other name under heaven that we can be saved except the name of Jesus alone. Amen. We need to be welcoming to the weak. What if someone comes to the church with a lot of tattoos and covered siya ng tattoos? You know, one time we had a, you know, at the beginning of our church here in Alabang, we had a volunteer in the church who was a rock musician. His name is Michael Turner, and he's a volunteer for the kids. He's a kids' church teacher. If you look at him, you can actually see that there's a, the whole body is covered with tattoos. Would you entrust your children <laughs> to a person with a lot of tattoos teaching the Bible? Okay lang, kasi nakalagay naman sa tattoo, praise the Lord. Tsaka, hallelujah. I mean, when he would teach the, the, the kids, what do you do? Praise the Lord. You know, this, this man, Michael Turner, really discipled a lot of young children. In fact, he was instrumental. He was one time, I think, uh, watching a gig in a bar. And after that artist played a gig, he started ministering the gospel to that artist. That artist happens to be Barbie Almobis. And he got saved through this guy 
Michael Turner. He's also the one who ministered to Kichi Nadal. And both got saved through this man. Sometimes we can be so quick to judge on how a person looks. Kasi iba siya. I cannot look at him. Verse 2. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. How many of you are vegetarians? Right. Pastor Ryan is a vegetarian. He only eats tokwa with baboy. Okay? <laughs> you only eat flour? Chicharron flour. Okay? <laughs> vegetarian. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. So if you're someone who can actually eat meat and that's your conviction to eat anything, that's fine. As long as you don't put another person to stumble or judge him. Now, if you are a vegetarian, now don't judge naman someone who's eating everything. Ang takaw-takaw mo. Kung ano-ano kinakain mo. Kaya laki mo eh. But something like that. Because during that time, the practice was you can only get the best meat in that temple. There was during the Roman... Uh, era, and most of the good meats are used to sacrifice, uh, to be sacrificed to idols. So those of them who are, you know, new in the faith would have that conviction, and some of them would not dare eat meat because that is a meat sacrifice to idols. The strong will look down on the weak, calling them legalistic, or the weak will look down on the strong, calling them compromising. So we need to be very careful here. In verse 10 it says, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, or God. In verse 12 it says, So then each of us, everybody say each of us. Each of us will give an account of himself to God on what you eat, on how you practice your belief, how you live out your life. One of the things that we are also conscious about ministering to is, uh, this uh, group of individuals who have a different sexual orientation. Now, in the States, it's kind of big right now, the issue of LGBT and so how some states have actually allowed ma- inter- uh, marriages between homosexuals. You know, here in the Philippines, it hasn't reached us yet, but somehow, as a church, we're also conscious on how we can minister to people who are like this. And we're very careful not to make jokes about them. In fact, we remind ourselves as pastors to not use the pulpit as an insult to people who are like this. Because I believe that people who have a different sexual orientation like homosexuals, you know, that is, you know, somehow we look down on them culturally. You know, back in the, I think back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, if you are such, you would rather hide behind a closet and not declare that you are a homosexual. But nowadays, there has been boldness and there has been almost like a revolution of sorts. And even, you know, one particular celebrity in the States by the name of Bruce Jenner, stepfather of Kim Kardashian, has actually declared at the age of 60 that he is not a man, but he is actually a woman. He is not a gay. He said, I am not a man. I am not homosexual. I am a woman. I said, I mean, if you look at the physical, he looks like a man. And 
we realize that somehow this has gotten deep into the system of him. And I believe that there are individuals who are also struggling with such. You know, a homosexual, I believe, you know, has to have a conversion as well before the Lord. In the same way that an adulterer needs to repent of his sin because of his problem with that kind of sexual act. A fornicator needs to repent as well. And so there's no special category of this sin better than the other sin. If a thief is found to be a thief, then that thief has got to repent before the Lord. Well, there's one particular story that Pastor Paulo shared. You know, in the fort right now, there was a guy who used to cross-dress. You know, you will not, you will not uh, notice that this is a guy because of the way he looks. You know, he would dress like a girl. But somehow he got saved. Someone ministered the gospel to him. He repented of his sins. And he got baptized. He went through Victory Weekend, got baptized. And the story goes that there has been a change of heart which eventually transformed the way he looked at himself. There's one particular girl. This uh, guy happens to work in a salon. And a particular girl who is one of his clients tweeted about him. This is actually in the social media. Her name is Melissa De Los Santos. And this is the tweet or the, the post. This is Mr. D, a living testimony of God's transforming love. Everyone or everybody used to call him Shane. A senior stylist at Bench Fix Serenda. Baka you might go there huh? and look at him, okay? For six years now, he's been cutting my hair as in shalang, exclusive. Okay? The last time I went for a haircut was almost a year now. So today I decided to have a trim and I asked for Shane, but they told me that he is now Mr. D. So as soon as he got hold of my hair, I asked, why the sudden change of name? He said, D stands for his real name, Delphine. So I got curious and asked again why. And then his answer almost brought me to tears. I got baptized in Christ. I am now a Christian. I realized that I am fearfully and wonderfully made by God as a man. And now I found true love, the one who will love me and will never leave me, only God. He is now attending Victory Fort and leads a small group within his workplace. Transform life, only God. Praise God. This girl happens to also be a member of Victory Four. That's why she was surprised that he is now a brother in faith. He used to cross-dress. You will not see him look like a man, but look at his face right now. He is transformed by the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, give the Lord praise. You know, sometimes we're so quick to judge about how a person looks. But we fail to realize that God is always doing something on the inside that will eventually show up on the outside. Amen. We are work in progress. Tell the person beside you, you are a work in progress. Tatapusin ka rin ni Lord. Sabihin sa kanya, okay? You know, God is transforming us slowly, more and more into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has what? Welcomed you. For the glory of God. We have been welcomed by the Lord Himself. We were not perfect before we came to church. We were not holy people. But yet, because of the power of the gospel, 
we were changed. Amen. How many of you were changed because of the transforming work of the Lord Jesus Christ? Lift up your hand. Come on now. Give the Lord praise for that. What's the letter A again? Accept. Everybody say, accept one another. Okay. Letter B. Second point. Build one another. We are not just to accept one another, but we are to build one another or build each other. We are to help them mature and grow in the Lord. In verse 19, it says, So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for what? Mutual upbuilding. We will grow together as we walk with the Lord. Amen. We will grow and I will actually help you. You will help me. Diba? We are a family. You know, I believe that we can actually help one another. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. We are to build, not block. Build, not block. Everybody say, build, build, not block. Paul said, do not cause someone to stumble. Do not be a stumbling block for another person. You know, if he has a problem seeing you do something, then don't stumble him. Don't make him stumble. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, in the NLT version, it says, But you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. How many of you know the Bible says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free? We are freed from the law. Yet in our freedom, we are not to cause another to stumble. Amen. People have asked us, Pastor, what's the stand of victory with regards to smoking or drinking? We don't have an official victory stand on smoking or drinking. We will not chastise people or excommunicate you if you smoke. How dare you or drink? You know, we will not do that. But each of us, we have a conscience. How many of you have a conscience? Please raise your hand. Matigas. Now, how many of you have a conscience? You know, we let the conscience be the workplace of the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit is working in us. We will not dictate to you, don't smoke, don't do this, don't put a tattoo, don't put an earring, don't color your hair. You know, it's good to color once in a while. Your hair. Not you, okay? It's good to wash your head, not color your hair. But you know, we're not going to dictate on people, you know, whether you are a smoker or because let me just put it this way. If you are saved and you believe that Jesus Christ has purchased you and you put your faith in what the, you know, what Jesus Christ did on the cross and you are smoking. Let me just tell you plain and simple. You will not lose your salvation. Praise God. You will not go to hell even if you are smoking. You sure smell like you came from hell. 
but you will not go to hell if your faith is in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Are you getting it? Now, my question is, is that acceptable? Simple lang yan. Is smoking and drinking acceptable? Or maybe going to Resorts World? Cha-ching! Or gambling? You ask yourself these three questions. Will this glorify God? In your pursuit of happiness and comfort in smoking and drinking, will that glorify God? I believe you are able to answer that question on your own if you are a believer. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, So whether you what eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Second question, will it cause anyone to stumble? Yes, pastor, I, you know, naman, I am free man. Eh, you know, I look cool. I am relevant you know, to the people I'm trying to reach. I drink. Okay lang yan, pastor. Okay, now what if they are saved already and you are leading a small group and here you are in your small group, you have a cigarette on your hand. You know what, bros? This is what Jesus Christ did to us on the cross. Jesus actually can set people free. <sighs> Do you believe that? Ah, para hindi yata ako magpaniwala, bro. Tagay muna tayo, pare. Tagay. Okay, let's read the Bible right now. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Inom! Inom muna, inom! I'm making it light here. Because if you sit, for example, on a table, dinner table with me, and you are drinking red wine and cutting that piece of steak, and you know, there's nothing more delicious than eating a steak with red wine. You cut the steak, you put it in your mouth, and you drink the red wine. <sighs> wow. Yeah. I will not be stumbled. Believe it or not. Believe it. Believe me. It's perfectly fine with me. I will not label you as a backslider. I will not call you an unbeliever. You know, and you know, that's your conviction. You will not stumble me. But personally, I will not drink. Why is that? Because isang isang lagok palang tumba na ako. I mean, you call me weak, but that's the reality. You know, I tried drinking when I was in high school. Never liked it. I hated it, in fact. I'm not a, and, I, and I, my conviction was set even before I became a pastor. I never drink. I never smoke. I, I don't like that. Why is that? Because I grew up with an alcoholic grandfather, and I saw my father also being alcoholic, and I did not like what I saw. They're kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They're okay once, the next moment, yeah. They're like the incredible hawk. You know? It's so unpredictable. I said, you know, well, I can't take it, so I won't do it. But that's my conviction. But in our leading the people, my next, you know, in fact, the scripture says in verse 32 do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. 
And the third question is, is it a good example to follow? Do you think by doing that, the people will be okay to follow you? Do you want your own children to do the same thing? Would you tell your kids, basta ito, wag ka magsisigarilyo ha. Okay, you know, people, you know, especially our children, they will only do what they see us doing. More is caught than taught. They act like little monkeys because you are the big gorilla in their house. They will just follow you, right? The Apostle Paul says, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So what are the three questions again? Does this glorify God? Simple questions. Will my drinking glorify God? I will not answer that. Believe it or not, okay? It's not even a stand of victory. You know, it's the same thing, you know, as, as uh, you know, watching a movie. Bawal ba manood ng movie sa victory? There are some churches, believe it or not, who would say to their members, watching movie is a sin. But yet, they go back and, you know, they rent all the Blu-ray discs that they can actually get and watch it individually in their own homes. That's the height of hypocrisy. Okay, and then third is, is this a good example to follow? Romans 14.20 says, Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean. But it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. So we're not putting a category on this thing as you know, clean, unclean. Anything that is sold in the meat market, the Bible says, is clean because it is received with thanksgiving unto the Lord. But pastor... Jesus changed water to wine. Hello? <laughs> Read your Bible, Pastor. Yes, I know that. He indeed changed the water into wine. But the alcoholic content of that wine during that time is different from the alcoholic content of our wine today. And culturally speaking, we have a problem as a people with drinking. We see lives of young people being destroyed by this. That's the reason why even our own government has actually tagged these products as sin products. There's a different taxation. There's a special tax for sin products. Do you know that? For products like tobacco, alcohol, and gambling. That's not even coming from the Bible. It's just categorized as such. So, think about it. And I understand, Pastor Nixon, you are a true blue Chinese. He loves chicken feet. When he saw chicken feet, he got excited. wow. <laughs> now, how many of you eat chicken feet? Please raise your hand. How many of you find it yummy? Come on, come on. Raise up your hand. Raise up your hand. Come on now, come on now. Ah, that's fine, okay? But personally, I don't eat chicken feet. But even if he said it beside me, I'm not going to get stumbled, Pastor Nixon. Eat it as much as you can. I will face the other way. Because I said to him, I was explaining, you know, as I eat it, I feel like it's actually scratching my throat. Parang feeling ko, habang kinakain mo, umaga nun sa'yo. But they say it's yummy. And I have no problem with that. Enjoy it as much as you want. Romans 14 verse 21 says, It is good not to eat meat or drink or wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. I'm preparing to close. I know that it's 627. Forgive me, but I have not preached for three weeks. So I will preach for three hours. No, no, no I'm just kidding, okay? 
we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. I'd like to ask the music team to join me here on stage. And not to please ourselves, let us, or let each of us, please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Letter A again is what? Accept one another. Letter B is build one another. And letter C, it's simply celebrate with one another. There's a celebration every time people come together. The people of God come together. And that's the church. In church, we celebrate unity in diversity. Unity does not mean uniformity. You don't have to look like me. I don't have to look like you. We don't have to be together. We don't have to be the same in the way we dress, in the, in, in the food that we eat. But yet, we are one. Amen. That's the beauty of the church. Jesus Christ, who is the bridegroom, is one day going to come back for a glorious church without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. United church. Yet, we are different. And that's the miracle of the gospel. Though we are so diverse in the way we think, in our beliefs, yet I believe by the power of the Spirit of God, He can make us one. On essentials, let us practice unity. On non-essentials, let us practice liberty. In everything else, let's practice charity. You know, in Romans chapter 15, verse 8, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised. And the circumcised was referring to the Jews. This was their, you know, because they are covenant people of God. To show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy, as it is, as it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the what? The Gentiles. Yes, this calling was initially given to the Jews, but the gospel, the good news, is given to the Gentiles as well. And there's a vast difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. Mas lalo neon. We are Gentiles. Gentile believers here. If you are not born from Israel, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, rejoice. Everybody say, rejoice. O Gentiles, with what? With His people. There is now a combination, an openness to what God is doing. I believe that God has reached out, yes, first to His own people, but God is reaching out to us as well. In the same way that He has revealed His plan for the world by combining both the Jews and the non-Jew, I believe that is the plan for His church today. That no matter how different we are with each other, we can actually celebrate with one another. We can bear with the weak. We can accept one another. We can welcome one another. No matter who you are, no matter what your background is, I hope that we will never prejudge other people by the color of their skin or by the name that they bear because we are one in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise? Let's bow our heads right now. In fact, why don't we all stand? Can we just stand up, all of us? Let's lift up our hands before the Lord. Let's just thank the Lord. Father, we lift up our hands to you all across this room. Father, we just, first of all, repent. There might be areas in our life that we have judged other people or we have actually caused people to stumble by the way we dress, by the way we eat, by the practice of our faith. Sometimes we feel that anyway, I'm free to do anything under the Lordship of Jesus Christ because I am no longer under the law, but yet I have not considered 
my weak brother. Help me to help others in their weakness. Help me to build one another. Help me to, to, to uh, accept other people as well. Thank you, Lord God, that even today we can celebrate differences. We thank you, Lord God, for your forgiveness. We thank you for giving us a new lens in our walk with you that every time we see another person, we are not to prejudge that person because of his actions, but we entrust the Holy Spirit that you are doing a mighty work in that person's life, changing him from the inside out. Father, we thank you for this time and we bless you, Lord God. Bless your people as we prepare to leave this place and enjoy our family time. As we prepare a new work week tomorrow, we thank you, Lord God, that we will be people of the light. May we be salt of the earth, light of the world, that when people look at us, they would see that indeed Jesus Christ is real because of His living church. Bless your people, Lord God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn His face toward you and grant you peace. Bless your people in your righteousness, your peace and your joy. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. God bless you all. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.